Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today, we're talking business. We've got Christopher Cumbie with us on the line. He's a mindset coach, sales and business consultant, and the author of the book titled The Success Playbook. He's also the host of the podcast Think Bold, Be Bold. Christopher works with individuals and organizations wanting to rise to the top of their game and teaches others how to automatically discover their genius zone and create a rock-solid foundation to their future. That sounds pretty good to me. That's that's why we have him with us today. And his website, by the way, if you want to check it out while you're listening, is ChristopherCumby.com. That's C-U-M-B-Y. Welcome, Christopher. Hi, Michelle. It's uh, nice to be here. And uh, thank you to your audience for uh, tuning in. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. I would love to know your story. I know you have quite a journey to getting to the place you are now being a coach, a business consultant, an author, all of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you did a pretty good job uh, summating uh, what I do today. But, you know, certainly like anything uh, in life, there's a journey to get there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I I certainly know is when you have an imagination and you know what you want, uh, it's only a matter of time before that stuff starts to happen in your life. And that certainly happened to me. You know, when I was really young, I I had this, uh, you, you know, sort of urge to find out, you know, how people become successful in life. And, you know, not only success with money, because, you know, again, money is just a vibration and certainly is uh, something that, um, you know, as you're doing what you love uh, comes uh, in abundant and, and, you know, lots of prosperity. But it was more or less how, how to be, you know, come happy, you know, what is the secret sauce? And, when I endeavored on that, um, you know, starting very young, I learned a couple of things. In fact, I wrote about it in my book called The Success Playbook, as you just mentioned. And it's really capturing a journal through through my life. And, you know, when I first started, um, one of the most important things that I, that I learned was that um, you had to know yourself, you know, before you can really understand what you want. And that really set the tail for me. And I learned, you know, at a young age, I was about nine years old when I first, uh, I like to call my first entrepreneur uh, endeavor. Wow. I I collected, um, you know, back in the day, uh, we had glass bottles for, you know, soda and and so forth and milk and and, and things like that. Uh And, you know, they're heavy. Uh, It's not easy to carry back to the store. And I just decided that I'd grab a wagon uh, and start doing that for my street and a couple streets over from where I lived. And I would take a commission off the top. I'd bring them back their, uh, their, their change, if you want, uh, based on, you know, my small cut that I would take off the <laughs> That's top. That's awesome. So that was my very first. And, you know, I got into delivering papers later on. And that's where I discovered the journal. You know, one of the things that um, uh, really, you know, set the sale, if you want, uh, for my discovery was understanding, you know, how I could, first of all, motivate it as a kid coming from a humble family, didn't have a lot of money. Uh, my parents, um, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was uh, a hard worker at that. But, um, you know, they somehow figured out how to provide for us. But I always wanted a little bit more and I always, uh, you know, took it upon myself to figure out 
how to make money. So I was a moneymaker, you know, really young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just had that mindset automatically. You were like born into it. Yeah, pretty much. I, you know, I think it was just a matter of, you know, looking around and, and deciding and making that decision that, you know, if someone else can have it, I can too. And it doesn't matter about my circumstance. However, you know, at 9, 10, 11 years old, I didn't really think that way, let's say. I just, you know, observed. And I, and I was a very shy kid, you know, quiet, observed a lot. And that probably gave me the insight that I, you know, needed as I carried on. You know, so was life. it was it because you were coming from such humble beginnings that that kind of was the, the push to make you want to achieve more and take care of your family and such? Or was it someone else? Like, was there a mentor, a grandfather or grandmother or somebody else in the community that you looked up to and who influenced you? Yeah, I was actually a 15-year-old kid, believe it or not, um, that I looked up to. You know, he was uh, also a paper boy, but he was always recognized, um, and he always seemed to have a lot more money than most 15-year-olds. And uh, that was really my first discovery into learning how he did it and how to, you know, do it for myself. And, you know, he always taught me that when you go up to the door um, and you're collecting money for one, it's always nice to be able to, you know, talk to your clients or your customers, you know, and that really set sail um, for the idea that I should learn a little bit of uh, what my customer uh, did, maybe their dog's name, um, you know, maybe their uh, kids and so forth. So I'd start making small conversation and, you know, to learn how to do that because there's probably, well, back in the day, there was no internet, so everybody had a paper. So I had lots of doors to deliver papers. It was quite mm -hmm. heavy. I remember that. <laughs> so I just, um, you know, asked him how he did that. And he told me to get a book and to write everything I knew about each person I ended up meeting. Wow, that was that was intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And over time, as anything, you, you start remembering sure. on your own after mm -hmm. you write several times about, you know, certain people. He was basically training you in sales. He was. Yeah. He was certainly training me on sales and, you know, again, uh, because we we're based on getting tips other than our little small little money we made from the actual newspaper company itself. That's how I learned to become a commission sales guy, mm -hmm. really. I love it. So this kid's approach, the 15-year-old, was to keep, you know, almost like a journal of all of your customers, which is interesting because I also have a sales background and we used to keep, you know, kind of like company profiles and, sure. you know, what's the organization, what's the structure of the organization and all of that and just kind of like doing your homework kind of thing. So it's very uh, rudimentary way of doing that, right? Right. So how did you take this and then spin it into the approach that you now take today to work with your clients? It's a great question. Uh, in fact, I do teach uh, my clients and people that I coach, mentor, to use the journal and turn it into success. I mean, that's my simplest way of explaining it. And, you know, again, like anything, uh, learning about something or something you need to go out and, and gain knowledge about is, uh, in my opinion, the best way is to write it out in your own words, in a blank journal. And then, you know, over repetition and time, you'll be able to, you know, absorb that information. And quite frankly, you know, the journal really turns into a way of understanding who you are because, I, you know, I'm a true believer that when you know who you are, you'll know what you want. And when you know what you want, 
you know, the journey becomes easier. And that's what a lot of people I observe through my um, coaching and, and working and, you know, being an entrepreneur, but also working for corporations early in my uh, 20s, is that um, most people don't actually carry a journal or, you know, really, how do you keep track of all the information? And it just, it was it was mind boggling to me. So that's where mm-hmm. really where the book came from. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people just kind of, they take their path, but they don't question it, or they don't um, ponder it, right? They don't try to go deeper and say, am I really doing what I want to be doing? Or am I doing what I think I should be doing? You know, I think a lot of people go through life and don't even question that. So I want to ask you, how do you get to your clients? Why? Like, how, how do you get them to start thinking about what they're doing and why they're doing it? Well, it's um, certainly different for most people. Uh, again, it's it's a very personal approach. You know, success is very personal, just in general. You can be successful making a pizza, or you can be success- successful building a, a billion dollar company. Um, it's all very personal. But you know, getting down and defining the why, you know, it really comes down to what Albert Einstein said, and I truly believe this. You know, the true sign of intelligence intelligence is not knowledge but imagination and I think that's where you know we fall short as we get older in life is the imagination seems to dwindle and I think you know quite frankly when you have a sense of wonder and you spend some time you know some time uh, within your journal because uh, I always push it back to the journal you can discover and start creating things that might be exciting to you and you know that's where you really start with the discovery and you know the why really comes down to you know asking yourself some really good questions um, what is it you want and then you know what do you why do you want it and it, those two questions alone are very powerful and I don't think enough people in the world ask those just those two questions yeah. in general and really truly what is it that you want not what you think everybody else wants meaning your parents or your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend right absolutely yeah you because know, I think a lot of us at least I've I've made that mistake many times where I felt like I was making decisions based on what I thought would make my parents happy Sure. You know, and going into a traditional corporate business when that was, I wanted to be in the arts so bad. And they're like, nope, you can't do that. You're not going to make enough money, you know? And so it's like that whole idea of, you know, those limited beliefs, right? For sure. So what is the why? Because I think a lot of people don't even understand that concept. Finding your why, what does that mean? Yeah, great question. And um, certainly one that I had to ponder really early. And I think the why really comes down to what makes you happy. You know, I think we all follow, uh, you know, a common thread between, you know, everybody on earth. And I, I think we all have times when things make us really happy. But, you know, really getting into that happiness uh, on a consistent basis, I think most people struggle with, including myself at, you know, times, you know, basically, when you find out what makes you happy, and there could be several things that make you happy. However, um, I always focus on the one that, you know, essentially I want to get to at the end of my life. And that seems to guide all the other whys, because we're going to have different things to change, you know, over time. And change is a good thing. And I think people, unfortunately, don't accept the change uh, and really resist it. You know, don't get out of their comfort zone. The comfort mm-hmm. zone seems to keep people in uh, the same routines, the same things over. And therefore, they have a very hard time, you know, creating that imagine- imagination and, and allowing themselves to, to figure out what else in life? What else can I do? What else can I yeah. learn? Yeah. You know, I would often ask people, uh, you know, how do you know you're not a great painter? 
how do you know you can't like just you know grab a canvas and and some beautiful paint and 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 create this beautiful beautiful thing to look at that you know some people may really admire or better yet yourself if you've never gone out grab the canvas grab the paint and just started you know brush strokes i mean that's the thing in life and a lot of times people just get caught up in you know the things they've always done they're afraid you know of what other people may think mm-hmm. and i think that holds people back yeah so but taking a risk you, yeah Taking the risk. So with this whole why thing, you mentioned that you look more towards the end of your life. What does that mean? Well, you know, that journey. Um, For me, I have four kids. So, you know, it's always going to be particular to what your life looks like. But I'd like, you know, to say that I did the things in my life that really made me happy and that therefore, you know, led my life rather than just by default. And I think that if my kids you know, follow that or, or observe it more or less and, and know that it's okay to just keep going after, you know, those dreams and, and dreams will grow. Um, mm-hmm. What does my why look like, you know, at the end of the life? Um, I think it just really comes down to have I fulfilled the things along that journey that excited me, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, um, you know, fear and the doubts that come in to play when, you know, you're in a spot where you're not completely um, happy. And I think when you're happy, there's a great thing that happens to us inside and that vibration and frequency just continues to just rise. Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, when you have a frequency of vibration that you're putting out to the world, it's, it's a, you know, what Rumi says, what's, what you seek seeks you and it finds you The people, places, events, circumstances tend to show up. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the how in life. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. and it's hard to know how things are going to happen. In fact, I had no idea how I was going to meet you. <laughs> but, you know, you throw it out there. and you I didn't it. either. I right. didn't either. Right. <laughs> but it just sort of happens. It is. It's, it's amazing. What you're saying now is like this whole idea of, uh, you know, increasing your vibration, like you said, just kind of doing something that you're passionate about, it will automatically start attracting the right people into your sphere, right? And I love that. And I love your approach when you answered my question about like, what is what does it mean to you, like this end of life, what you're working towards? And and what it sounded like to me was that you're taking a, a totally proactive approach to your life, instead of just kind of letting it happen, this passive like, oh, this is my job. Okay, well, I guess I'm happy. I'm stable. You know what I mean? It's like instead you're like, what do I want to do? Using that imagination that you talked about, which I love. I think that's so key. Hey, everybody. I want to take a quick break and introduce you all to a really cool piece of software. This particular software is designed exclusively for small service-based business owners who bill for their time so that they can get paid. All kinds of great stuff that comes along with this service from invoicing and billing to expense tracking, uh, sending out estimates and quotes, uh, getting reports, which is great at tax time, and they have a mobile app. It is called FreshBooks. I use it for my business, Lady Fox Entertainment, and I encourage you to do the same. And what's super cool is that for all of you listeners of Nothing Off Limits, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to try out their service too. Just go to www.gofreshbooks.com NOL and enter Nothing Off Limits in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And now back to the show with Christopher Cumbie and how to get into your genius zone. 
you talk about the four pillars of success. And and I love this. So so will you tell us more about it? It's it's really what I call the basics. Um, instead of using the word basics, I figured I'd come up with a you know a way to you know structure something and and like in a building, you know you have pillars that hold up the roof, and really it was uh, consists of four of them. Um, if you were to think about a square, and then you know you layer another square on top, and then you could put a you know much a lot of other layers on top of that, and so forth and so on. So if you have that image in your mind. Think of each pillar as something that you can construct and go really high because I'm a firm believer like life in order to uh, like a building, for example, you know, to, in order for a, the largest building in the world to be uh, built, it must have a big, big big, huge foundation. Mm -hmm. And I think the foundation, if you were to use that analogy on life, is that you have to go inward and, and, and create that foundation so it's really deep and you understand yourself. So then you can go as high as you want through life and you know continue to build upon each layer. Mm -hmm. And I think it really comes down to a lot of people missing what I call, again, the basics. And the basics for me was my journey through being an entrepreneur. And I'm a guy that gives a lot of benefit of the doubt. And I think that that is a very important aspect to take when you're journeying through life is that you give everybody the benefit of the doubt until they prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. Instead of going the other direction of fearing and doubting people, I always put it out there. But one thing I learned over that process is that I had to be very careful who I listened to. And that's my very, very number one absolute advice to anybody is you have to be really careful who you listen to. <laughs> and what does that really mean? <laughs> Please tell us. I mean, my brain's already yeah. going to situations, yeah. but go ahead. Sure. Well, what it really means is you've got to listen to yourself first. Yeah. And you've got to learn to listen to that because we all have an intuition. We all have something inside of ourselves that says, and, you know, there's a fine line between fear, of course, and intuition, really fine line. Mm -hmm. But I always say, you know, if you feel good, then it's probably your intuition. If you right. feel bad. If you feel bad, it's it's probably your fears. This and is funny, Christopher. I have to interject sure. for a second because I did an entire episode on using our gut to make good decisions, not just mm. in in life in um in love, but also in work and in business. And so this is very very fascinating to me that it's overlaying this this conversation about success and business too. Using sure. your gut, your gut feeling, yeah. Anyway, go and, ahead. <laughs> and the gut, gut tells us, um, you know, it's, it's science as well. And, you know, we're learning more about neuroscience in the last 10 years than we have in the last thousand years. So I think it's very important um, that it's based back, you know, on science. But there's something, you know, called the reticular activator. And it's uh, in your brain. And it's actually connected to the vagus nerve that goes down into your stomach. You know, some believe that we have a stomach brain. And I call it the intuition or the gut instinct. And a lot of times uh, people ignore that. You know, in fact, I ignored it a lot. So learning over time that you had to, you know, be careful who you listen to takes practice, you know, to learn how to listen to yourself. But I always found, you know, starting off with, and especially for the people that are starting out in, you know, uh, maybe something new or, you know, they're trying to obtain a goal or they're getting a mentor or a coach or, you know, they're going to take a new job or someone's offering them something to buy and so forth is that you should really follow um, um, you know, two key principles on learning how to become very, um, uh, let's say, intuitive. And those two things are, I always listen to people that have what I want and that have been where I am. 
Because generally speaking, those are the people that are going to give you the insight that's required for your journey. And that's a good place to start. Ultimately, you'll learn over time, and I do teach this in my book as well, is that you'll learn to really take a you know, step towards understanding how, how you feel. Because our, our feelings are what generate um, really thought. If you think about it, it's not the opposite. It's not a thought that then creates an emotion. It's an emotion that creates a thought. When you feel something, you start thinking. Hmm. And I always thought it was the opposite. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think that there's probably a lot of argument, but, you know, an yeah, opinion around that. That's that. a whole nother episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if you reverse it, and, you know, that's what I like to do is just sort of reverse the, uh, the, the, the equation there. Because, yeah. listen, you didn't really um, think when you were a child. You had more, you know, an emotional response to things. So True. I think generally speaking, we're emotional beings. So if you take the emotion of things and convert it into, again, um, and reverse engineer things, you'll be able to understand stand probably from a you know intellectual standpoint a, a little bit clearer mm -hmm. and I think that that's where maybe some people fall short so you know the number one pillar um, and I can go on deep on on you know being careful who you listen to but that's number one mm -hmm. you know my second pillar is being and staying a student you know staying teachable staying coachable a lot of people just end up not really learning anything else you know not uh, endeavoring on it because of fears and doubts but you know I truly believe um, you know when you become the student of life and keep that imagination uh, it's it's uh, it, it's so strong um, later in life as well but yeah, it's you know. that flexibility, you know. It's, yeah. it, I, I've always come across those people, I think we all have, where it's like they always have the answer. They're always right, you know, and they're like they're never willing to open open themselves up to learning something new, right? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, I love Albert Einstein, and I go back to Albert Einstein a lot because I studied him, um, you know, for quite a bit when I was younger. I actually got put in a, a special education system because they thought I was a slow learner. Uh, however, I was what? very... Uh, introvert. Yeah, I was very introvert. It was about, you know, uh, at the same time, I, I started my sales at nine years old. They put me in for three years into a special education system. And looking, you know, and mortified at that point. This kid's you know, only running his own wagon business, <laughs> but oh, he's slow. Yeah, yeah he's slow <laughs> to learn. And, you know, I think it was just my, uh, you know, lack of uh, interest in, in the system. Um, of the way they were teaching me and you know and I think it hasn't changed quite that much uh, in the public systems anyway there's lots of other educational systems out there that I think are wonderful but well, you were thinking big picture like a CEO you know yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> certainly led to me uh, led me to be an entrepreneur. But uh, you know, back then, nine years old, I was uh, I was I was quite mortified. Obviously, going into uh, a smaller class, and then all my friends were were in these larger classes and sure. and what what we call normal classes. Um, but it was the best thing looking back uh, that I that I uh, that ever happened to me because I had the freedom. I had freedom to learn things that I was very interested in, and. I took to art. Um, I love art, and I draw, and I paint, and I do all kinds of cool things like that. But I also studied science. You know, I had a chance at that point to really pick someone, and you know, Albert being uh, you know my favorite, um, really led my imagination because you know I love his quote, and it's up in my office as well. Imagination is more important.
important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. And, you know, it mm. meant something deep on, on a level that I probably didn't comprehend young, but I certainly do today. And that is, you know, to stay teachable, to use the imagination to grow and learn and put myself out there. Uncomfortable pos- positions and a lot of times that risk. And That's do- what makes you grow. That's what makes you grow, and you can't grow otherwise. You know, nothing. You know, nothing happens until something moves, and you know, change is really the third pillar. And I think we have to take responsibility for that. In order to vibrate and attract, you must become that vibration of what you want. And a lot of people lose, you know, sort of sight of that. Um, they try to be the person they are, and then you know, have all the other things that they want, and unfortunately, they they fall short. And then they wonder, and then they call it a failure. Um, you know, failure and success is often confused as being different from each other, but I'm a true believer that they're exactly the same thing. And when you view it that way, it's okay to go out there and just do things, and it's okay if you fall upon stuff, and, you know, that doesn't make you feel good. But I love that idea of failure being success. And that is, you know, and, and it's a responsibility, uh, you know, that we can uh, take upon ourselves to just understand that. And when you understand stuff, you don't fear it. And I think that that's, you know, likely what happens to people going through life is they, uh, they really uh, fear the change. They don't take any responsibility for it. They point at everything else outside of themselves uh, for why things are happening to them instead of taking full responsibility and saying, okay, well, if this is happening I accept it and it's a funny thing when you give um, you know fears no energy what happens <laughs> they dissipate they completely uh, have no power over you that's not easy to do though it's it's it it takes it takes practice you're absolutely right you know in theory it sounds uh, wonderful and then obviously when you're in a situation uh, it, it it may not uh, be that easy but over time it does become easy because I've you know again been in many circumstances where that fear um, you know creeps in and and then and then I realize you know look it straight in the face and it's okay it's only a thought anyway it's mm. not real you know, the fourth one is, and we talked about this already, is the why. And I think, you know, when people are able to dive into what's important to them, uh, figure out, you know, what their passions are, figure out what they'd like to be able to do uh, in life um, that makes them happy, you know, and it's, and, and it's all comes down to really that, that, that process of, you know, understanding who you are. And if you ask that question, it's amazing what answers you start to get. And if you get really good at doing it and using your journal to dive in on questions that, you know, you would not normally ask, it's funny how, you know, it just starts to uh, show up and, and things start to, um, again, uh, happen because you're doing something to make it happen. And I think that a lot of people think that they can have things in life without making any efforts or, or, or taking action on things um, are sadly met with uh, those disappointments. And you have to put yourself out there. You have to go after them. You know, I built a few companies. In fact, I built three companies. One of them I sold and I sold myself to the, you know, sold my soul, if you want to call it. I, I sold it to a larger company and I ended up buying a job and it was absolutely horrific for me. But took full responsibility for it. You know, it was easy for me to point the finger at everybody else. Uh, in fact, there was a time when I thought that that was the case. And then I realized, you know, once I took full responsibility and it, and, and it was necessary, 
my life continued to go down the road, which uh, in in which I really, really wanted. And that was, you know, what I'm doing now and teaching others, you know, how to mitigate, you know, things in their life um, by understanding how to uh, how to use a journal and turn it into the success they're looking for. So, you know, that's what my book is all about. Well, let's talk more about that. Tell us more about your book, The Success Playbook. This this ties right into all this journaling, correct? Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's exactly that. You know, the success playbook uh, was uh, really something I, I, I wrote for my son. My oldest son is, uh, was turning 18 years old. Instead of getting him uh, what, you know, a lot of teenagers at that age uh, probably wanted, you know, a game or, you know, some sort of Xbox thing, I decided to write him uh, a small journal with some notes and, you know, things that I learned. Uh, I called it you know, the success playbook. I wrote it right on the front of his journal. And I said, these are the things that I would like you to learn as you're going through life. And, and I gave him that book to, to go on. Yeah, you're, you know, you're, your mind is starting to change. You're, you're starting to discover some of the things that are really exciting for you mm-hmm. and, and possibilities. And But you uh, may not still know what exactly you're yeah. supposed to be doing. You know sure. what I mean? All those things. Sure. So I think it's such a sure. great, great idea. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, that's really what I had him do is write out and continue to write. And and he still does, you know, he still uses his journal. Uh, Obviously, the journal has changed along the way. But, you know, the book grew from there. I left it for my children because, you know, I truly believe that if if I'm going to, you know, have my children follow their dreams or, or wish for them to follow their dreams, I guess, you know, then I have to be the leader of that. I have to show them that I'm willing to go out there and do things and, and put myself out there, even though uh, it may be uncomfortable. And I, um, I wrote all about that. So I started off with the basics. I got into a few little things. Uh, it was about five chapters long. I hand wrote it. And then um, from there, it, it's funny, I got this uh, note in and you know, I was on the Brian Tracy TV show. He's always been my favorite because mm. I was in sales mm-hmm. for so long and I learned so much from him just about attitude, about, you know, meeting people and, and you know, sales, if you really look at the root word, is, is about giving. And that's what I learned early in life. And through Brian, I got an email one day and said, hey, how about, you know, would you ever, or it probably phrased something like this, uh, ever dreamed of being a published author? And I'm like, well, I just kind of wrote a book, kind of. Um, why don't I look into this? So I ordered his uh, program, and from there, uh, it sat on my desk for two years. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and it, it was a wonderful program. When I did dive into it, I started to uh, concentrate on how to frame you know, the book and, sure. and get the frameworks down, and then all of a sudden, all kinds of other things started happening, well, and sure. people were introduced to me, and then I started meeting other authors, and then... It's that um, vibration. Yeah, it's that vibration, for sure. Now, how is the success playbook uh, to be used by, by someone, me, anybody, to help us reach our own success levels, whatever that may mean to us? It's a great question. In fact, you know, I start off with helping people throughout the book really use the book as their study guide. And one of the things that I'm at, actually, I'm launching it on June 17th. And I'm very excited about it because I'm going back to my hometown in Toronto, on, you know, Ontario, Canada. And uh, my all my friends and family are, are coming together. But one of the things I'm offering up is Party. to go on a 
Yeah, party time. <laughs> I'm actually uh, doing a deep dive and I'm doing group coaching to really help people, you know, move the needle. And I believe in four weeks I can really do that and, and help them. But if you're just use the book alone, I've designed it so that you can do lessons at each one of the chapters. Hmm. I invested uh, a lot of money into NLP and meditation and hypnosis. So wow. I added a, I added a program to go with each chapter where once you read the chapter, you did a small exercise, you put the meditation um, on and, and put your headphones on and listen to it, uh, it would all reinforce because I'm a firm believer that you have to build you know, upon things and you got to do spaced repetition. And then as you're doing that, the confidence grows. See, first of all, the per- you know, everybody has to have a courage to go do something. Sure. You have to have courage first. You have to go after it, try it, and then confidence ensues. And it comes afterwards because the more you do something and, you know, you can think about anything that you might have not been very good at when you first went and tried Mm -hmm. it. But if you tried it again and again and again, you got pretty good at it. And then like anything, um, and same with this book, it's going to become something that people, first of all, will learn how to journal, journal their thoughts, know where they are, know what they want, know who they are, and then start, you know, really wrapping their head around things and guess what people places events circumstances all start to show up and then you have an opportunity to make that choice to go and try it or you know talk to someone or get some coaching or mentoring or read another book and you know really I wanted to create something where someone could you know just start to understand who they are and that's really what the book does, is designed to do mm-hmm. and it's their very first journal if they've never journaled which I know a good portion of the population out there has never journaled before never really asked themselves some tough questions never really wrote anything down with their own hand on yeah. a blank piece of paper or they might think it's like a girly thing to do sure. like I'm not going to keep a diary Right. And, 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 you know, diary, journal, notebook. I mean, they're all really the same thing, but it allows you to, you know, crystallize thought. And I, and I think that's the magic with, uh, with life is when you have a blank piece of paper and a, and a, let's call it a blue pen. And I say blue is because the brain remembers blue more than any other color. So it's always, yeah, it's always great to write with a blue pen. I like that. And, um, when you do so, yeah, it's just science behind that. I, I studied all the scientific side of things so that, you know, this book, is not just about you know a bunch of fluff it's not about existentialism it's about real results well speaking of which you mentioned there's a layer of nlp that you have as part of this and so i want you to go into that just for a second because that's fascinating to me and that's scientific yeah yeah, absolutely. And, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, was actually fashioned in the 1970s, you know, from in a, in a couple of guys in California uh, had figured out how to create some spaced repetition between thought. And with NLP, you can actually anchor things inside of your subconscious uh, self. Now, is this like the binaural beats that you can listen to? Yeah, they're certainly part of it. And, you know, we get into a whole chapter. In fact, I invited my NLP coach that I had for 12 years and I grew through, you know, asking questions and then he would help me go through the process of identifying the things and create this, if you want to call it, hypnotic rhythm. See, mm-hmm. people get confused with hypnosis. I don't want to get hypnosis because, you know, listen, Hollywood made it seem scary. <laughs> right. With <laughs> no like, one's getting it in my brain. Yeah. Right? Like the oscillating crystal. <laughs> 
watch my necklace go back and forth. Yeah. And you're going to cluck like a chicken or bark like a dog. <laughs> you know, any, any impulsive thought that the mind repeats over and over through habit forms, you know, what they call that organized rhythm. And Napoleon Hill, you know, talked about this in his book, Think, Grow, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he dives deeper into this and to the law of success in 16 Lessons, um, which is his book before Think and Grow Rich, which was actually banned for a long time. Really? Um, yeah, they, they too uh, controversial, um, too in, insightful, uh, too much information. You know, remember there was only a few billionaires in the world back in those oh, days. Oh, they didn't want people to know their secrets. They didn't want to know that exactly that, and and Ford actually banned it from being in publication. Oh, so Ford. Think and Grow Rich. Another was, reason not to drive a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> and Think and Grow Rich actually was the book that came out instead of that original book. And when the book was released uh, later, and it just came out again, so you can actually get the real, real uh, copy, mm. uh, which is amazing, by the way. And it's a great study. So, But it's a long book. It's about 1,250 pages. So you got to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And it was written back in the early 1900s. So you got to remember. The language. You're not gonna, you're not going to know most of the people he's talking about. However, it's about the, you know, the the fundamentals of, of what you can, you know, get out of that. But, sure. you know, one of the things that, um, uh, you know, hypnotic rhythm provides, and, and, you know, we're always in a hypnotic rhythm. We're either conscious of it or not. And when you become aware of things and you're able to then shift your observation on things, then, it, you know, you can actually grow from that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people fear the NLP process or hypnosis, if you want to call it. And uh, it's actually just a a wonderful way to let go of some of the things that may be blocking you. You know, there's two reasons why people don't have what they want, Michelle. And most people think there's many reasons. So I'm going to demystify all of that for your guests or your audience. And, and, And basically, the two reasons why you don't have what you want is you're not in tune to it. So you're completely off the wrong frequency and you're not even, you know, in tune or you're in tune, but you have some blocks mm-hmm. and NLP helps you remove some of those blocks. And that, those are really the only two reasons you don't have what you really want. Right. And when you can look at it as only two, one of two of those reasons, now it becomes easier to identify which one you are. Yeah. So that is the big thing in life that a lot of people, you know, fear again is, they point at all kinds of things external from themselves. But when you can dive into the subconscious mind through hypnosis or neurolinguistic programming, and if you find someone who's really great at doing it, then well, it sounds like something that anybody can do. Um, and because the first thing that popped into my head when you're talking about this approach, this NLP, this uh, hypnotic rhythm, it's almost like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, like when you're running, right? And you go, you've already gone a mile or two, and then you start to get into this almost like a zone sure. where you don't even realize that you're running anymore. It just feels so natural. And, and it is almost hypnotic. And that's that space when you start to get clarity on making decisions. Like I'll, I know I'll, I'll come up with creative ideas while I'm working sure. out stuff like that. Is that is that the kind of you, hypnotic you, rhythm that you're talking of? You nailed it absolutely. And it's a lot like you know for any, another example when you're driving your car and then you don't realize that you got to your location and you kind of oh, forget yeah. and you kind of forget a couple like, of you know, turns. <laughs> yeah, like but you were in that hypnotic rhythm and yeah. you know that comes from uh, you know just doing it and repeating things 
over and over and over and over and over again. So mm -hmm. in life, we do that all the time. We yeah. repeat things. In fact, you know, the hypnotic rhythm of our, you know, body and uh, the way it's, you know, constantly working. I mean, imagine you had to think about breathing. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. Although, yeah. although it's funny because I've had other guests on who say, you know, a lot of us, we get to this point where we're so like wound, we're so tightly wound about what's going on in our lives that there are probably good blocks of time where we don't breathe, where we're just holding our breath with stress. So, you know, I mean, we'll I, automatically I, do it at some point, but we're not naturally doing it at the right rhythm. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I call that shallow breathing, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. again, you're not going on that deep meditative, right. meditative, uh, you know, way of, of breathing. And, um, but, you know, most of our body is, is, is automatic, right? It, it, you know, our heart sure. is beating, sure. our lungs are moving, um, you know, thoughts are, are repeated over and over. Uh, but when you become aware of those things, and you can actually go back and anchor some of those things that are important to you, it's amazing what can actually start to happen. Yeah. And so, then that ties into what you had said previously about those blocks, right? So For sure. overcoming those blocks by using this repetitive, uh, positive thought motion, right? For sure. Auto-suggestion, if you want. And, oh, you know, process I love that of repeating. term. Yeah, repeating positive affirmations, suggestions, or instruction. Um, so make it like breathing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's like Stuart Smalley. Yeah. And he says, I am good enough. I am smart enough. And you just for keep sure. saying that over and over and over. Yeah, and you might feel a little weird. In fact, I felt very weird when I first listened to Brian Tracy talk about that. You know, to look in the mirror and, you know, I like myself. I like myself. I like myself. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's so important in life is the image of yourself. You can't outperform it. So if you want something in your life and you can't see yourself as that, you know, it's going to be very difficult to create that. Mm. So one of the things that is so important is how do you see yourself? Yeah. How do you talk about yourself? What words do you use? What thoughts are you thinking throughout the day? What are you, you know, on this automatic sort of rhythm of life where, you know, can you interrupt it? Can you actually start to think about maybe some other ways to, you know, create life the way you really want it. And I think when you start asking those questions, and this all comes through a process, and that's why, you know, I took some good length of time to really build my book. And in fact, it was done last November, and we sat back, my wife and I, and she's, she was my final editor, because she, she's a Chicago manual style editor, so wow. she's top of the, top of the line. You, and you were, that was a convenient marriage. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing, I can tell you. And we both sat there and we said, okay, you know, this is a good book. And, you know, a lot of people told me that read the book at, you know, when it was first finished. Um, it's a good book. It's a great book. And, you know, it'll, it'll, it's publishable right now. But, you know, I said, well, I want to make sure it can actually move the needle in people's lives. So mm. let's take another look at it. And let's, first of all, she removed about 17,000 words. So wow. first, first, my heart stopped. And then I started to realize that it, you know, the purpose of the book is to actually help people. And I want to make sure that they're not just reading stuff, that they really understand it. So we sat back, we created, um, you know, the book that it is now. And like I said, it'll be released really soon. And it's going to help people move the needle and really work through things. And if they take it seriously, it's going to completely change, you know, the things in their lives. And I truly believe that. I love that.
That is so amazing. And it sounds like, you know, you have a good woman behind you. Every man needs a good woman behind Absolutely. him. Absolutely. <laughs> we all, for sure. Uh, I'm so thrilled with what you're doing, with what you're providing to people to help them get to their own level of success and get rid of those blocks and all of that and sharing the knowledge that you got over the years to get yourself to where you are now. Do you have any final thoughts for everybody listening out there? Uh, any takeaway message as they embark on their own? journeys towards their dreams and using their imagination to reach their own personal goals? For sure. I'll leave them with this. Look in the mirror and ask yourself and really listen and, and you know, notice who's watching you looking at you. Because there's two things I believe we have is that there's another person inside. And, and if you trust that person, you know, you won't go wrong. And in fact, that person will light lead you down. And I call it the other self. Uh, it was a coined phrase from Napoleon Hill who taught me about looking within and then, you know, realizing that if you just go after something and if it, you know, doesn't go exactly how you, you know, maybe want it, it's just leading you down another path. So don't get discouraged. It just means something else is going to show up. And if you feel, you, if you allow your vibration and your frequency to stay really high and positive, that will show itself. And you may not know, you know, how it's going to happen. Just know that that's exactly what you want in life is that you want to just be happy. So that's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a choice no matter what is going through you, what is happening to you. It all comes down to that. And if you remain positive, no matter what's going to happen, those things will start to figure themselves out on their own. And you got to trust that. Mm -hmm. You really do. So stay open look in the mirror. It. Yes, yeah. look in the mirror. Stay open to it, either to that or something better. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. Christopher, I love your approach. I love your vibration um, and and what you're sending out to everyone to help them as well. Um, everybody out there listening, please check out uh, Christopher's podcast, Think Bold, Be Bold. And also visit his website and pick up the Success Playbook because by the time this episode comes out, it'll already be way out there for all of you to grab. ChristopherCumby.com. Christopher, thank you so much for joining Nothing Off Limits today. Well, thank you, Michelle. And I just want to, you know, big shout out to you. Love what you're doing. I love the fact that you have some great questions. It's going to be very successful for you and your audience is very lucky to have a person like you Aww. doing what you're doing. And I think it's important that, um, you know, you, you know that for one and, and that your audience knows that uh, this is an amazing show. So thanks for having me on. Thank you so much, Christopher. Coming up next on Nothing Off Limits, Mike Alden, popular direct response host and personality, comes on Nothing Off Limits to talk about how to ask more to get more in your entire life. It's a simple concept, but a very powerful one. Check it out up next on Nothing Off Limits. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfox entertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.